following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it's time for another edition of Mick Shots as we've got Mickey Spagnola live inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. Everson Walls inside the SWBC Mortgage Home Office. Hello, Everson. And I Hi, I'm in front know. of my liquor closet. That's what I'm in front of. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everson needs his own sponsor there, right? That's right. He's, That's hi- right. he's hiding and the good stuff. <laughs> here it is, a Thursday at the Star in Frisco. It's the heavy work day for the Cowboys, a critical day as far as figuring out who's going to be playing on Sunday at 325 against those 2-0 Seattle Seahawks. So why don't we start off this show, Mickey? Give us an idea who's going to be playing. Well, I can tell you who's going to be practicing or not practicing today. I'm not sure where you want to start, but I think we'll start with Tyron Smith. Uh, He was on. Yeah, let's start there. (laughs) He was on the field. Uh, He had helmet and shoulder pads like he was dressed for practice and for the portion that we get to watch, he was basically working with Marcus Paul, the strength and conditioning coach. So he was doing some agility drills, some running, uh, and, uh, and, and that was about it. I didn't see him get into any individual drills while we were watching. Uh, so that was a step in the right direction, and there was still seemed to be some optimism uh, left over from yesterday uh, that he would be able uh, to do uh, or m- possibly be ready for the game uh, on Sunday. Uh, when Mike McCarthy talked about him, he said that Tyron would be working with the rehab group today. So that's what uh, basically we saw. If he did any more, I guess we wouldn't find out until tomorrow. Also, uh, he said Demarcus Lawrence would be back today, um, but that he also uh, would be working. Uh, with the rehab group because of his knee and then they said we'll see if we can work him into any individual drills he wasn't out there so if he was with the rehab group uh, it was indoors and maybe he was working on in, at, at the Ford Center or maybe he was working in the weight room so uh, that was his status and then for Trayvon Diggs who showed up on the injury report yesterday as did not practice with a shoulder. Uh, Mike McCarthy pointed out that he came out of the game with a shoulder issue. Uh, He thought he would do more today. Yesterday he was out there, but evidently he didn't do much in team, uh, so they DNP'd him. Uh, Mike said he'd work into individual drills and see where uh, things went, so he was doing that. He was not with uh, the trainers doing rehab. He uh, shoulder pads, helmet on, and he went through individual drills. And the one thing when we got to watch, I saw him taking part in, uh, was special teams. 
And so if they had him working there, they must feel pretty good about him going forward and being ready for the game uh, on Sunday. You know, and, and Everson, you might be able to help me out with this. Uh, he had like a black uh, band around his bicep on his one arm. And I was wondering if that might have been some sort of brace uh, to help out with the shoulder. You know, a lot of times when you, you suffer dislocation, uh, you kind of can wear a brace and kind of get through things. Uh, they don't usually do surgery right away, so I, I, I don't know if that's it or not, but I did see that black band around his bicep. So uh, he was looking like yeah, Sunday is, 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 a, is a good possibility. I think they were optimistic about him from what I heard, so uh, we'll see where that goes. And I think that about hits everybody. So. At some point, though, with uh, Chidabe Awuzie out, you know, we're going to have to discuss the cornerback position and kind of see where they go uh, since uh, Mike said yesterday that it was a multiple-week injury. I mean, did they mention anything about uh, or did you see anything about, as far as the alignment was concerned about Brandon Carr and if he would be that guy uh, that would replace Awuzie? Yeah, and they certainly didn't divulge that. Uh, so I would imagine uh, between Carr and Worley uh, on the outside that uh, that would be uh, the, the way they'd go. Uh, you know, Carr continues to, you know, when we see individual drills, he continues to kind of work with the safeties and he continues to kind of work with the cornerbacks. Uh, so it's a little bit of both. So. Um, yeah, we'll kind of see where where that one's uh, going to go between those two guys, and you know, and they're still trying to acclimate Carr. I don't know that they want to send him out there for 60 snaps. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a rotation with him and, and Worley uh, at the at the uh, right cornerback position because they have, uh, you know, in the game when they finished, they they had moved Trayvon Diggs to left uh, to take uh, Chidabe Awuzie's spot. So. We'll see where they go from there. Okay, let me it, ask you this really, about. I was going to say, this. Bill, it really doesn't matter uh, what cornerbacks play. They're going to have to have the track shoes on uh, because the matchup from those wide receivers that they're going to have to deal with, with Metcalf, with Lockett, they better figure something out real soon. Uh, I don't know if they're going to try and match up with a man-to-man. Are we going to try and call more zones all of a sudden because we are a man-to-man team? I'm just wondering what if they're going to change the mentality of the play calling or are we going to just stick with what we do and just pick our poison? Because at this point, uh, even their backups uh, uh, are good wide receivers. And uh, with Russell Wilson being as hot as he is right now, man, they better think real hard about who they want to put out there and what kind of matchups they want to try and live with. And let me ask you about Brandon Carr because, I mean, the game's going to be Sunday, September 27th, and he was signed around September 2nd. I mean, he's, he's been there for 25 or so, so days now, and I understand, that, yeah, there's an acclimation period, but he should be good to go unless he's bothered by something, right? Yeah, I think you're, I think I you're mean, right. And, and Mike, full load at him by now. 
and Mike pointed out that he, you know, he was still in kind of an acclimation period. But I would think if they need to put him out there, yeah, I, I agree, he should be uh, good to go. And you know, and they wouldn't have signed him to the 53-man roster off the off the practice squad if they didn't feel good about his conditioning and his ability to kind of step and now he's in. back on September 12th. Yeah. Yeah. So he got, he got promoted September 12th. So uh, yeah, he. I mean, I think he is. He's the guy that uh, is going to get the uh, a lot of increased snaps this week, I would think, and and going forward uh, with uh, Awuzier out. Yeah, you know, I was looking at Everson. Your career, all right. Your second year in the league, you had an injury. Okay, you you played. You started nine games your second year in the league, but for the most part, well, that was, was a strike. Seven. Well, eighty-seven was the strike year. No, eighty-two and was. So I'm looking. Oh, 87 was, too. Both of them. But 82 is why – that's, that's why he only played nine clarify. games. Yeah, that's right. So you didn't miss games there. Let's clarify. 87, hey, you didn't miss games. Stud, Bill. I've never yeah. got hurt. So let's clarify that. Okay, I was so the, never injured. I was the guy that you could count on, baby. You understand? I, uh, okay. So so let's they, be clear. I came to your <laughs> rescue, okay? game season in 82. <laughs> And to twelve games for the twelve games for uh, the non-replacement players in '87. Uh, so yeah. how come how come so many injuries these days? Or you were just a, that much of a stud back in the day? Well, I, I, I tell people all the time. Uh, you know, I was known for not being the fastest guy. Everybody in the defensive backfield, wide receivers, all of these guys were track people. Ron Fellows, he came through. He was a track guy. Dexter Klingscale, he's built like a, just like a strong safety. All of these guys had these toned bodies. I had no muscle definition <laughs> at all <laughs> during my entire football career. My, my legs were, they were just legs, okay? I never had any muscle pulls. I never had any hamstring problems. But when they finally moved me to safety with the New York Giants, that's when the injury started to build up the neck, the shoulders, the spleen, all of that. That's when that started happening. But as a cowboy, never missed a game due to injury. Uh, me and Too Tall, we were guys that you could, would get accustomed to seeing in that huddle at the same spot all of the time. I just... I just wasn't that physical enough, really, Bill, to be real. I wasn't physical enough, really, to be that guy that got injured a lot. I was mostly out there trying to cover guys, and if you came at me and you were some big guy, I'd go low at your knees, and if you went down, you went down. If you didn't, you didn't. Somebody else better get you. So that's kind of how I did it. So, so you, you can't, pull, you can't now, pull anything you don't have, right? That's right, Bill. Uh, that's right, Spag. I had no muscles to pull. Which, which, which is why I've never pulled a muscle in my life either. Um, so, uh, really, though, you look at it back then, I, I think now also, and in particular this season, teams are taking advantage of the injured reserve rules this year. And so you're seeing guys that are getting placed on injured reserve with just the idea that they're going to be out for three, the minimum, which is three weeks. Uh, and so managing that cap has been a big deal for teams this year because you've got to have enough cap space in order to 
as Mickey would tell you, stashing players on your roster. You, in order to stash players, you have to be able to have the cap space to do that, right, Mickey? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, normally, you know, you're just paying, you're you're just accounting for 53 guys that are on the roster. Well, uh, now when when you can put guys on IR and you have to account for them and then replace them, and even if you sign a guy from the practice squad, then if he's if he's only up for that game, you know he charges the minimum. You know he he's not just getting paid his practice squad salary, which is uh, I think the 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 maximum this year is twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars a week. Uh, you go back to the 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 minimum of whatever status you are. So if it's you're a rookie for a first year player. You know the minimum now is close to five hundred thousand. So you got to be able to uh, pay that one seventeenth of that uh, against the cap. So yeah, you're exactly right. So you got to be careful. You got to have money. And you know it was one of the reasons why, you know, when the Cowboys started extending these guys and and paying them bonus to lower their base salaries this year to create cap space. You know not only for that cap space to move forward the next year. Uh, but also to make sure you had enough to take care of this year for things, Bill, that you're exactly talking about. You know, the other thing I think we need to Good. point out, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just on the salary cap uh, deal, that's why I'm not as concerned now about uh, teams stashing guys uh, with a, with a with a more expanded injured reserve because you have to manage it all under your salary cap. Back in the day, what you were referring to earlier in the week, Mickey, that was the big concern, are fake injuries and so forth. Well, before salary, before the salary cap was was uh, could put a cap on things, um, you know, you could do that, and there would be a great disparity amongst teams in the league. But now, uh, I think I think you look at the salary cap as uh, the thing that uh, can keep that under control. Yeah, the only I, I, the only governor you had the on the spending back then about? was the was your owner, right? How much money he had to, to That's spend. Right. That's right. And I, yeah. and and quickly but, but here, in, in regards to those injuries you were talking about, though, Bill, uh, I truly think that, uh, of course, back in the day, we believed in something called resting your body, and 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 this is real. Uh, I always thought that your body has to have that that <laughs> resting point. It has to have a a point of rest where your body can kind of just heal for a while and just get away from football-related exercises. I don't think they do that now. Everyone is 365, 12 months a year, and uh, I think a lot of times guys overwork themselves uh, as football players these days. Everyone's about being totally toned and fit, and they know about all these routines and, and regiments. I think that the football players these days, they don't give themselves enough rest so that their body can recoup. We were, we were, we were known for doing that. That was a must. It was a necessity for football players back then. Nowadays, they just seem to keep on going and going and going and just see how big their muscles can get, see how far they can run, see how, how much endurance they can take. So. I, that's my opinion on that. And along, the, along those lines, Everson, that's not just at the professional level. That's in the, in the even going oh. down to youth sports. Yes, uh, I mean, they are. it's it, you know year-round whatever sport you're playing, whether it's you know there's year-round basketball, baseball, football. Yes, you know, they do flag football seven yes, on seven in the spring. 
that's why that's the advantage of playing multiple sports. I think uh, for oh, high school age you, kids. And, so and you know what? That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. It's also moved into golf, right? Bryson DeChambeau. Oh yeah, golf. We're talking about athletes here, Spags. We're not talking. Yeah, about I don't know athletes. if you've seen DeChambeau, who won the U.S. Open. <laughs> this guy bulked yeah, I saw up. Shambeau. Shambeau is a little. He's an exception. He is definitely an exception. Golf balls cry when he hits them. So that's how good he, how big he is. <laughs> All right, we're just getting started here on Mixed Shots. we got a lot to get to over the course of the next half hour, and we continue in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans, with tight cleaners at the mixed shots. Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, October 4th. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. So Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns are the next home game a week uh, from Sunday. They did not look so well their first game against the Baltimore Ravens, but they bounced back against Cincinnati last week. And uh, so that's the start of a three-game homestand for the Cowboys. you got uh, Baker Mayfield and the Browns, followed by Jason Garrett and the Giants, followed by Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Three in a row there. And uh, Chris Beam, we are hearing an echo. I think we have an open mic there, Chris. Yeah, someplace. There There we go. go. uh, There we go. Okay, so 
Mickey, what yes. about the injury situation for those Seattle Seahawks? Well, I'll tell you what, they're not in very good shape either because they uh, just put their best pass rusher, Bruce Irvin, on IR, so he's not playing in the game. Uh, I guess you would call this guy their next best pass rusher. Uh, and uh, some guy by name of Benson Mayoa. How about that? No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know who their best pass rusher is? Yes, I know. It's Jamal Adams because he's got two sacks in two games. (laughs) So that's that's huge. He's on pace for 16 sacks this year. Right, yes, absolutely. Uh, So... uh, uh, Benson Mayoa is the only defensive lineman that has a sack. He has one. He did not practice uh, yesterday. Uh, he's got a, a groin pull. Uh, also, uh, Jerron Reed, uh, their defensive tackle, did not practice. Uh, he's having back issues. Uh, so basically, they're in the same boat from a sack situation as the Cowboys. They've got three. The Cowboys have got two. Uh, and then they've also lost, and I gotta see if I remember the guy's name. Uh, their their best, their their leading uh, sacker from last year, uh, Rashim Green. Uh, he he's got a pinched nerve. He had to come out of the season opener. Didn't play last week, and Pete Carroll said. He wasn't sure when he was going to return. So uh, they've got some problems uh, going, and their uh, one of their starting defense of uh, their cornerbacks, Quinton Dunbar, uh, limited with a knee. So they've got some significant situations going on there. Uh, Dwayne Brown uh, has got a knee. Their offensive tackle. Uh, so yeah, they they've got uh, a few problems themselves. Well, I and, uh, saw Dwayne Brown get injured. Uh, his his fellow uh, lineman got thrown on the back of his knee, and he got rolled up a little bit. Also, the cornerback, I, I can't remember the starting cornerback's name, but he got kicked out for targeting. Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. And now the, even his backup, his backup was injured. His backup mm-hmm. injured his knee. So, yeah, they're pretty depleted even in, in regards to their uh, substitutions. Well, and you said you, you watched that Patriots game, uh, Everson, and uh, you know Diggs went out early, kicked out, and then and so it'll be big getting him back. But uh, Cam had a field day, uh, as did Russell Wilson against a, a very good Patriots uh, secondary. But Marquise Blair is the other DB that tore his ACL. Yes. And yes. Uh, and Bruce Irvin also tore his ACL. So they lost two two players for the season in that game against the Patriots. Yes, and yes, and by the way, with uh, Brown did not practice, uh, his backup, Cedric Ogbuchi, uh, was limited. So <laughs> oh, did boy, I get it right? Of A&M and Allen High School. He was a, a former first-round draft pick of the Bengals. Ogbuchi, right? Well, I go with Cedric Obwehi. Obwehi? Okay. He was the first-round pick of the Bengals. He's I'll out of Allen High School in Texas Bill. A&M. Oh, well, you know I'll what? I'll go with you, Bill. On the, uh, Spags didn't sound good at all. On the pronunciation <laughs> guide right underneath their their, their depth charts, it's Obwehi. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Everson, Bill. Everson, isn't that what I said? <laughs> That's exactly what you said. I know. I was I was confirming what you said. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why can't they just have oh, Smith out the there, things, you know? You know, you know, 
Everson, one of the things I love about Mickey is when whenever he's, he's he's talking about the players on the other team, it, it's uh, it's it's kind of like the pronunciation of okay. And they got a guy on this team. Uh, his name is Keeler Murray. <laughs> It's Cedric. I would go with Cedric myself. <laughs> well, that's okay. I love he gets it. I mean, Mickey, gets Mickey knows. Right. That's what matters. I mean, Mickey knows every player on this Cowboys team, how to pronounce their name for the last 40 years or whatever. Uh-oh, here goes my phone. <laughs> oh, I thought we had breaking Whoops, news sorry. or something. Sorry about that. I need to. No, no. Here I am. Here I am. The other chastising Mickey, and and I broke a cardinal rules. You're going to have to find me now. And he's the professional broadcaster, by the way. (laughs) Hey, Mickey, you might know everyone on the Cowboys team, but Bill knows anyone on any team (laughs) that has North Texas ties. That's right. I can Dallas tell you their high school. I can tell you their high school and their junior high too. <laughs> so Everson, you, you, what you can uh, tell, he could give you? What impression did the Seahawks make on you since you watched that game against New England? You know, nowadays you've got all of these teams concentrating so much on offense. Uh, all of the good teams, all of the more accomplished teams, they almost mirror each other. The Falcons just like the Cowboys, especially offensively, and then you start talking about defensively how weak they are. Uh, The Seahawks are exactly the same. Extremely accomplished quarterback. Offensively, the entire system is capable of blowing anybody out at any time if it wasn't for the other side of the field, of uh, of the line, and that would be the defense. Uh, the Seahawks defense, the Legion of Doom, it, it has been gone for quite some time. The attitude may still be there, but the players are not. And what I saw was an uh, uh, offense that has to outscore the opposition every time in every game. Now, who does that sound like to you guys? I'm waiting. I, 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 think, I think I've seen that team for two weeks. Right, right. It's the same thing. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson getting the same type of uh, accolades that he got last year. He should be MVP and things of that nature. But one thing I saw about Russell, and we'll go over this a little bit tomorrow as well, maybe even today. Russell Wilson can get himself into a lot of trouble because he's so confident in himself and in his teammates. Sometimes he will take unnecessary chances that really puts his team in a bind. And I think that's been his reputation since he's been in the league. He's known to do amazing things, and he is extremely consistent in doing that. But there are times when his defense puts him in a position to where he has to make this drive, he has to make this play. And even on the first play of the game, it's a little bit... Dak Prescottish, he, he's going to have a great game, but there's always that one mistake that you go, man, why didn't he do better? And, of course, his first pass of the game, a little bit back shoulder, no big deal. Tight end should have caught it, but it bounced off his shoulder pass, and you got pick six. So it's always just a little blemish on there simply because he's always trying to do more than he's called on to do. 
And sometimes that's because his defense will not hold up. And speaking of that defense, you know, they've given up 55 points in two games, 25 to Atlanta, 30 to New England. And then when you dive a little bit closer into their, into their stats, they are giving up 415.5 yards, net yards passing a game. So if, if you look wow. at the, the, the gross yards, they've given up 847 yards passing, and the opponent quarterbacks are completing 68.4. Now, obviously, that doesn't match up with 82.5 of Russell Wilson, but still, the, the quarterbacks are completing nearly 70% of their passes. So they're giving up yards in the passing game, and if the Cowboys attack doesn't get a false start like they did in the game against the Falcons, they ought to be able to move the ball against them, especially with their um, p potential inability to put pressure on the opposing quarterback. And I have to say, uh, you know, this is a, a, a well-coached team. Uh, if you look at their assistants, and of course you look at Pete Carroll, I think he's really one of the more innovative coaches in the league. But there are times when they do some of the dumbest things. You know, they take too many chances. Uh, well, I guess that sounds familiar as well here. I mean, you talk about the special teams uh, plays that we tried. <laughs> they do the exact same things. They're very optimistic about their chances every time around. I think that has a lot to do with the optimistic nature of Pete Carroll himself as a coach. So he has, he has stamped his image on this team, and there's a culture here that's amazing. But... It's hard to be, uh, it's hard to outrun your own defense, okay? And that's what they're trying to do each game. They're trying to outrun their defense so that they will not be outscored offensively. Yeah, Matt Ryan had 450 yards passing against them uh, the previous week, 54 pass attempts. And Cam Newton last week had 397 yards passing against the Seahawks. Um, so, but, you know, Seattle's offense, you know, the thing about Russell Wilson is uh, even though he does take chances, uh, he does take care of the football, too. I mean, because, I mean, you look at last year, he threw 31 touchdown passes, only five picks. And this year, it's one interception, that one pick six last, last week by Devin McCourty, and he's got nine touchdown passes in uh, the two other, games. The, the other thing about him, takes a lot of sacks. That is the one thing about Russell Wilson that if you're going to say it's a blemish, he has been sacked so many times within his career. I think since he's come into the league, he's been sacked more than any other starting quarterback. Well, and, 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 and that's held true here even late in his, later in his career. He was sacked 48 times last year, Man. and he's been sacked five times so far in the two games this year. <laughs> so that's a plus for us. I mean, you know, it, it could be an opportunity for Everson, Griffin, and – and, and uh, some of our guys to, to get in there and make some things happen. Uh, and it could make a difference in the ball game. We have never been afraid of the Seahawks. Uh, that goes all the way back to uh, McMurray when he was our uh, running back uh, back in the day. DeMarco. We were with DeMarco Murray, I'm sorry. DeMarco Murray, Romo, that squad. They went up to Seattle when they had the, the Legion of Doom and ran all over them. You guys remember that game? They it was a great much, game. Yeah. They blew the Seahawks out on their home state at their home stadium. The 12th man made no difference. 
And ever since then, Cowboys have really never been afraid of the Seahawks like most teams are. I give, us, I give us a good chance in here. Attitude-wise, I think we'll go up here with a good attitude. Mickey, we got to take a break here. What, what's the that uh, he's ever since referring to the 2014 game up there, I believe. Yeah. And uh, what's the one play you remember from that game more than any? <laughs> Anything stick out? The, was that the game, the Terrence Williams catch on the sideline? Yes. Yes, it was. I'm, and for some reason, that is the one play from that game that I remember more than any other. That's probably the only and, catch and, on the and, and remember in his whole career. And let's remember, <laughs> and let's remember that how close they came to beating Green Bay in the playoff game, and they would have played Seattle after they've already beaten them. That's why that call That's in right. that game was so critical. Yes. yes All I got to say about Prince, their defense baby. right now, if two games mean anything. And I think uh, Everson said it, you know, they ain't the Legion of Boom anymore on defense. They might be the French Foreign Legion. <laughs> okay. All Mick right. Schutz, a little his, Mick a little Schutz history has been fired here on Mick Shots. <laughs> and we'll see how, if, if Mickey has anything left in his quiver when we come back here in just a moment. <laughs> Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Coming to the Cowboys game next weekend? Make sure you know before you go. Wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details 
And to add an editorial comment to that, wear your mask and keep it on, by the way. Keep it on. Thank mm -hmm. you. Cover Great. your nose and your mouth. There yes. you go. Dr. Fauci with words of <laughs> advice there. <laughs> or else you'll be fined $100,000 by the National Football League. And right. 250 to your employer, yes. <laughs> there you go, that's right. All right, I'm monitoring Periscope, and on Periscope we have a question here uh, from Marcus asking, do y'all think, he's a Texan, do y'all think <laughs> Not we are you guys. going to use Jalen, <laughs> do y'all think we are going to use Jalen to spy Russ, similar to the wild card game? Oh, hmm. I hope not, because I don't think question. I don't think he can run with with with, with the Russell Wilson. Joe Thomas might I think be if able you're to have anyone spy. It might be Thomas more than it would yes. be Smith. What do you think, Spat? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thomas is shown to be extremely agile. Uh, I like his instincts as a player, as a linebacker. He's got good linebacker instincts. He doesn't believe in dropping back, catching blockers. If, if he can help it, he'd rather shoot that gap and, and uh, catch him on the other, line, other side of the line of scrimmage. I love that about him. Or you, you put another. You kind of like to see that in a linebacker, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And you, you, you kind of like you know to what? see that you in a linebacker. You know what? You could do uh, uh, Xavier Wood. Xavier Woods could actually be a good spy uh, for Russell Wilson. Very aggressive. And uh, yeah, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't have to worry about his uh, having any lack of uh, being nimble. I think he could keep up with Russell Wilson. I think he could take him down in the open field, which is something our linebackers might have a problem doing. Well, here's the thing that's got to here's the thing that's got to happen. They got to get pressure on Russell Wilson. End of story. If, if they don't do a better job than they have in these first couple games, then he's going to throw for the yards he gets, and he's going to run around. They've got to get pressure on him. They know it. Uh, should have listened to uh, Everson Griffin yesterday talking about how they need to do a better job and they need to do it uh, as a unit, not just one guy, that they, they've got to get in coordination with each other. And he was talking about um, the transition that he was trying to make in these first couple games, uh, standing up in a two-point stance instead of a three-point stance. Mm. And he basically said, I'm done with the two-point stance. I'm going back to what I've done my entire <laughs> year. I'm putting my hand in the dirt. Uh, I feel more comfortable there. And, you know, I, I, you know, we do a thing on Wednesday night with uh, the Cowboy Club members. Uh, Will McClay kind of breaks things down. And we were talking about standing up versus being down. You know, and they talk about when you're standing up, you can see better, and I would imagine you can. But my point was, when you stand up, you give them a bigger target. They, they, you yes, know, you do. They, they got more to come and hit you uh, to, and to block. Uh, and I think Will Will said, yeah, there's a reason why when they go in the uh, in the tiger cage and they have a stool. Because it's got four legs, so the tiger's got to keep an eye on all four legs, not just one arm, you know. And I said, oh, that's a good way to put it, right? But, but anyway, the pressure's got to be better. That's how you stop him. That's how you stop those wide receivers from uh, kind of tearing you apart getting downfield. 
But when you think about uh, what, where Everson came from, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer had, had a pretty decent defense uh, last year, and really all the years he's been there. Of course, they've given up points and things of that nature. They've had their trials and tribulations, but they've always been known as a swarming, a swarming defense when they're playing at their best, especially these last couple of years. So it's not anything he, he heard about. This is something that he has seen work. The Cowboys have shown that they are not a good team defense. We've got to have a swarm mentality. Uh, when they were throwing, even in the first game, when, when uh, Rodney Woods was, uh, was it Rodney Woods? Was that his name? The wide receiver Woods. Robert Woods. Was getting those, Robert Woods was getting those uh, 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 misdirection bubble, bubble screens and things of that nature. It took all day for the Cowboys defense to catch up with him after about 25, 30 yards. A good defense would have better recognition by not just one player, but the entire team. And the swarm comes as a result of that. And Emerson Griffin also playing for Mike Zimmer. He's been in a four-man front, and so he's, he's used to having his hand on the ground. I mean, that gets back, back to what Mike McCarthy said right at the outset uh, when he took the job with the Cowboys in, in terms of scheme. He may have been talking about offense, but I think it applies to defense too. He wants as good of players as he can get, and, and, the, and the scheme then can match what the player can do. And so I'm sure that's an adjustment that uh, Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula are making on the defensive side. Uh, Mickey, one of the things that uh, McCarthy was asked about was, uh, once again today, was aggressive play calling. And uh, he, he uh, was asked if he was a gambler. He's not a gambler. He says <laughs> he's never been a gambler and, and uh, thinks it's bad. Uh, going back to his, his dad, he was a firefighter in Pittsburgh and uh, owns a, a bar, and there were a couple of uh, what, what I can't remember exactly what he said. He but, said uh, they had uh, he saw some. They had some of those video poker machines in the bar, and he said, "I I saw That's people right. just pouring money in there and losing." So he yeah. goes, "Yeah, I'm not into gambling." And you know, the funny thing, Bill, is when I was on the fan and they asked me about that today, and I said, "You know what? Neither was my dad." Uh, I, I said, "I don't think I ever saw him gamble one thing." He learned his lesson the first time he went to a horse track uh, with an uncle of mine. And he said they told him to bet on this horse. It's a sure thing. And he said, yeah, the horse was leading all the way around and coming around down the stretch. And he goes, and then when we got to the end, it was like, well, well where's my horse? Where'd it go? And my uncle goes, yeah, it's back down the track. He fell down. <laughs> and my dad said, that's the last time I've ever bet on a horse. And if a horse needed my betting money to eat, he would starve, okay? Hey, I, I was at I was at Grambling, so of course there was betting all throughout the state. I went to Louisiana Downs before. I went down to this country track. I think it's called Delta Downs. Yeah. It's in like mid mid Louisiana, oh my, middle of nowhere. I bet on a favorite. I know this horse was the best horse. This is the last race of the day. They have just taken all of my money. I bet on the best horse out there, and he was good. The horse was good, but the jockey fell off. So that was the problem with that one. I, I never bet on another horse again after that. So, yeah, I learned my lesson as well. You need the jockey to have his money on that horse, too. So it'll stay aboard it. It counts as a win. 
Um, all right, but uh, and we're almost out of time here. That's the problem when we start talking about stories that Mike McCarthy uh, tells. Then Mickey's got to tell his story. Then Everson's got to tell his story. But, <laughs> well, Bill, did you, you have, have a story? We don't want to tell you my story now. Um, but uh, but Mark, Mike McCarthy says he feels like he's less aggressive now than he was early in his head coaching career at Green Bay. He cited a game against the Bears. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it was eight years ago. It was 2012 against the Bears. The Packers are up, are ahead 3-0, have the ball at the 27-yard line with the two minutes left in the first half, they, and they line up for a field goal, 45-yard field goal attempt. They run a fake field goal on fourth and 26. <laughs> and it, shovel pass, the holder, Tim Maste, uh, to Tom Crabtree, who it was a beautifully designed play. I tweeted it out so you can take a look at it on my Twitter, CBS 11, Bill Jones. And it was just right off tackle all the way. Just the seas just parted, and it was a Lambo leap waiting to happen. And sure enough, a touchdown. And so there is an example of a fake field goal on 4th wow. and 26 that he called once upon a time. Well, I'm glad that guy wasn't uh, coaching in the game this past weekend. Oh, my God. We were, we, were, we were bitching about a fourth and five. <laughs> Just think what, what we would do if we had a fourth and 26. Give me a break. Yeah, the key there, he was on the Chicago 27-yard line. He wasn't running a fake punt from his, <laughs> from his own 29-yard 29 line. It yeah. does not matter. It does yeah. not matter. That is way too far. Hey, and by the way, I, I'm going to get the last word. I noticed uh, two days in a row, Everson had his grambling shirt on. I didn't know if he was trying to counter Deion Sanders going to Jackson State, make sure they didn't get all the good people in the SWAC. There hey, Dion has an ass whooping waiting on him. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> oh, I think I think Grambling's going to have an honorary captain for that game. There you Never go. He's going to return there. All right, that does it. Uh, tomorrow we uh, have our picks to click as the Cowboys take on the Seahawks, and I can't wait to hear how much. Uh, Mickey thinks the Cowboys are going to beat the Seahawks by. That'll be tomorrow here on Mix Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!